0: What's up, everybody? and Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So spring has sprung. Pitchers and catchers have reported. You know, they always say it's pitchers and catchers reporting, but you always see videos of position players down there, too, doing workouts. So for all intents and purposes, spring training has begun. That's just the way it is. That's how it goes. And yeah, that's a good thing. But in the meantime, before they actually start playing spring training games, there are still some remnants of the offseason season lurking about. And what I mean by that is that there are still some players signing some deals at the last minute, some teams finding last minute solutions for, I guess, their bench or the back of the rotation at this point. So I want to use today to kind of talk about a few of those. But the first one I want to lead with is actually a non-signing. It's about a player who is not going to play in 2020. It's about Ben Zobrist. According to John Heyman of MLB Network, Ben Zobris is not planning to play this upcoming season. He's at home, and he has no plans to play whatsoever. I mean, Zobris is 38, and right now it appears unlikely he's going to resume his career. But it's not that surprising, given how his 2019 season went. He took a lot of time away from the Cubs because he was dealing with family matters, and he actually ended up sacrificing some of his salary in the final season of his deal, his $64 million deal that he signed with the Cubs. But when he was available, generally, he struggled. So Zobrist has had a very good career. I want to talk about that today. That's someone I want to shout out to, someone who I don't think gets enough love for what he's done over his career because he's not a flashy player whatsoever. He's a utility man, but he's I think you make the argument he's one of the best utility men to ever play this game. I mean, he's a switch hitter. He does it all. And. His calling card is his impeccable plate discipline. I mean, if his career ended now, if this is the end of the line, he's going to finish with a 266 average, a 357 on base, and a 426 slugging for the lifetime triple slash. That's a 116 weighted to run to create a plus. And that's okay. So he's 16% above Lee average with the bat. So you check that box. He's a plus bat. But he also added huge value with his multi-positional defensive ability and good base running. I mean, he ended up tallying 44.4 fangraphs war, F war, whatever you want to call it, over his 14 major league seasons. That's pretty darn good. And his best season was 2009 when he had a 152 weighted runs created plus and 8.7 F war. With the Tampa Bay Rays, that was the year that Ben Zobrist really came on the map. I mean, it was his first full season in the big leagues, and he absolutely raked. He was just a monster at the dish. I mean, 27 bombs. He hit 28 doubles. I mean, he's just been a doubles machine his whole career. I mean, that 28 doubles isn't even that much. The most he ever had was in 2011. He hit 46 doubles. But he's been like a – I mean, he, he averages 34 doubles per 162. It's it's pretty ridiculous what he's been able to do. Zobris has two World Series rings. He was with the Royals in 2015 and with the Cubs in 2016, winning the World Series with each of them. And he's just been a very – I mean, he's been the consummate professional his whole career. He's been a very valuable player. And even up to, what, the age 37 or, or 38. He was able to provide a lot of value to major league teams. But that extension that they gave him or that deal was a $56 million deal over four years. That is a great deal. And it ended up being very well worth it for Ben Zobris because, I mean, over his time with the Cubs, he had a couple of rough years. I mean, 2019 was a rough year and 2017 was a rough year. But, I mean, 2016 and 2018 were absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, I mean, Ben Zobrist, if this is the end of the line for him, he's a three-time all-star, a two-time World Series champion, a World Series MVP. A hat tip to Mr. Ben Zobrist, one guy who doesn't get enough love, but he would finish his career with a 44 war and 116 weighted runs created plus and multi-positional versatility. I mean, he's, he's the poster child for utility, man. I mean played every single position on the field except probably, like, catcher or something. I mean, as, like, as a matter of fact, I wonder if he ever did catch. Let me let me take a look at that real quick. So I'm seeing he he pitched. Yeah. He played every single position except catcher. I mean, he, he's had an appearance everywhere except catcher. So that's crazy. So hats off to the ultimate Swiss Army knife. If this is indeed a career, congratulations on a successful one to Ben Zobrist. In other news, the Mariners have signed Taiwan Walker. He's going to be returning to Seattle. I know that sounds like a weird headline because many of us, well, at least myself, I have mainly remembered Taiwan Walker as a Mariner, but he spent some time away from the team. Now he has returned, and he's going to be signing a one-year, $2 million deal with Seattle. I mean Walker spent the last few years in Arizona pitching for the D-backs where he actually pitched pretty well. You know, he had a 3.47 ERA in 171 innings pitched. The issue was that he was hurt most of the past 2 years. But the one year that he was healthy with Arizona, he threw 157 innings for a 3.49 ERA and was pretty good. It was pretty good, but now he's going back to where it started for him. I mean, you have to remember, Taequann Walker is still just 27 years old, even though he's been up for what seems like a while. He came up at the age of 20, but he's still just 27 years old. So you could say he's right in his prime, and the Mariners might be buying low right now and getting a guy with a lot of upside for almost nothing. I mean, it's $2 million over one year. But yeah, he's returning home to where he got his start. The Mariners picked him with the 43rd overall pick in the 2010 draft, and he made it up through the Myers pretty quickly. He never really came into his own in Seattle, but he was decent. When he got to the D-backs that year in 2017, it was really good. And then, uh, you know, the injuries with the strained shoulder. And uh, that's just what, it, what it's been so far. But right now, it seems like Taiwan's going to slide into the fifth spot for the Seattle rotation. They have Marco Gonzalez, Yusei Kikuchi, Justice Sheffield, and Kendall Graveman. So there's a lot of upside, and the second through fifth spots seem very fluid. I mean, any of those guys can move. You could have a guy like – I could see Walker being up at their two spot sometime in the season. That's just what it's going to be to start the year. But there's just a lot of uncertainty generally with this Mariners rotation. That's just how it is for a rebuilding team like this. I mean, you could also see some guys like Justin Dunn, for example, or Eric Swanson. Some of these guys who are like depth options could get some – Experience on the mound this year, either if it's due to injuries or just with poor performance from the big league staff, we'll see what happens. So, just wanted to announce that one Taiwan Walker back to Seattle. The next signing to announce is the Tigers have signed Cameron Mabin. They have put a one and a half million dollar deal in place for one year with Detroit. This is going to be his third stint with the Tigers organization. The Tigers actually drafted Maben in the first round of the 05 draft. He broke into the majors in 07 before being dealt to the Marlins as part of that Miguel Cabrera trade. And then, I mean, it's been up and down for him. He came back to the Tigers a few years later when he was coming back in 2016 just for one year Uh, because, you know, he spent a lot of time in Florida and then uh, San Diego came back for one year in 2016. And then he's bounced around L.A., Houston, Miami, Seattle, New York. Now he's back with the Tigers. Interesting. But Cameron Maben, I mean, even at his age, he's 32, man. He's I thought he was older because he's been up. He's been in the majors for a while. Another guy who debuted at 20. But he actually had a pretty productive year for the Yankees last year. I mean, only... 239 ab's for the yankees put up one and a half war and a 127 ops plus he was very good with the bat and you know with the speed he has speed he's he's there i mean he'll give you some stolen bases when he has opportunity he could run with the best of them but yeah i mean there's just been ups and downs for him over his career but last year the showing he had with the yankees 11 bombs over you know less than 300 plate appearances was definitely enough to entice the tigers i mean tigers are rebuilding absolutely but enticed them to bring him back on a very low-cost deal. I mean, yeah, he showed some changes in his battered ball profile last year. His barrel percentage more than doubled. He increased his launch angle a little bit from 7.5 degrees to 11.1 last year, and then his exit velo was a career-best 88.8 miles an hour last year and also a personal high home run-to-fly ball rate. So, It was a banner year for him offensively last year, so maybe he might not replicate that. Or maybe he's changed his swing completely because of of those peripherals I just mentioned. We'll see. But even if there's a setback offensively, he's going to be a solid piece for the Tigers. I mean, he's still very fast, like I said. And uh, the Tigers still have a need for sturdy performers and outfield unit that is just filled with uncertainty. I mean, they have like Jacoby Jones and um, I don't even even know who else they're going to run out there. I forget who's on the Tigers. Because they lost Castellanos. So yeah, it's yeah, there's a pretty good chance Cameron Maben will become a midseason trade chip for a, a contender because he's he can steal bases. He provides a good bat off the bench. But he's at least gonna be a tiger for the beginning of the season. I wouldn't be surprised to see him traded by the trade deadline. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Another deal I want to announce is that the Giants have signed Wilmer Flores. They have signed him. They're going to give him a two-year deal with $6 million guaranteed. A little more than $6 million guaranteed. It's going to be uh, about $3 million each of the next two years. And then a club option for 2022 valued at $3.5 million. And it comes with a $250,000 buyout. I mean, Wilmer was a free agent infielder. He's 28. He's right in his prime. And, I mean, he was playing with the D-backs, went healthy, he was good last year. He was limited to only 89 games, but when he was healthy, he was good. He hit 317 with 9 homers and 18 doubles. I mean, most of his power came against left-handed pitching where he hit 337, but he was a Mets utility man for a long time, and he he actually hit well against righties last year too, just without much power. So, the exact manner in which Wilmer is going to fit into the Giants infield isn't clear right now. He could be a backup for Brandon Belt at first base and Evan Longoria at third base but it's also likely that Pablo Sandoval is also going to be viewed as a backup at the corners so I mean they'll find a way for him he could also get reps at second base it's the Giants they're going to have space for him so I wouldn't really be concerned about that but Wilmer's a good player I mean he's a pretty good bat he he can hit he really can he's a solid player he's most definitely a major leaguer by by many accounts so just wanted to discuss that But before this runs too long, I'm going to end that right here today. That's all I wanted to discuss. That's going to do it. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.